The myths of selling to the government. If you're using traditional sales techniques to sell to the government, you're doing it wrong. Rick Wimberly and Lauren Bristow have been selling and marketing to the government for years. Quite successfully, thank you. They're authors of Seven Myths of Selling to Government, available on Amazon. The podcast is brought to you by Government Selling Solutions, a consultancy helping companies sell to the government. Now, here's Rick. Minimizing selfish behavior. Yep, you're still in the right place. Today, we talk about Strategy 5 for Building Relationships and Commitment in Selling to the Government. Strategy 5 is Minimizing Perceived Selfish Behavior. Um, yours, not theirs. So our final factor influencing relationship commitment is the prospect's interpretation of your opportunistic behavior. That is, how much of our relationship is you wanting something from me? We all understand relationships, even very intimate ones, have some selfish dimension. The buyer-seller relationship is certainly no exception. That's all right to a degree. Prospects aren't really looking for a new best friend. They realize you're getting paid to be nice to them. However, even in the buyer-seller scenario, where a certain degree of tolerance towards self-centered thinking exists, a line can be crossed where the prospect believes a salesperson's only real interest is himself. If a buyer believes the salesperson is willing to do or say anything in order to close a deal, you've got a recipe for relationship disaster. Each of us, at some time or another, has likely encountered an obnoxious salesperson who succeeded in pushing something on us that really didn't meet our needs. We've probably all experienced the feeling of being duped by some bozo who made unrealistic promises to make a sales quota for the day. Few things anger us more than an experience like this. It leaves us feeling betrayed and even guilty for not seeing through the charade. Psychologically, these are some pretty strong negative emotions we prefer to avoid. So, like pulling our hand away from a hot stove once burned, prospects withdraw themselves from a relationship at the first hint that a salesperson is being contriving and manipulative. People who work in government are particularly sensitive to the in-it-for-me salesperson. We believe that most government employees, particularly those in a position to make buying decisions, consider themselves on a mission. They believe they're doing something more than making a living. They're doing their duty when they could be in the private sector, making more money, working shorter hours, and dealing with fewer politicians. Generally speaking, they're right. So, if they're doing their duty, they expect people they buy from to do theirs right again. Build a relationship without being obvious. Our goal in developing deeper relationship commitment is to minimize any chance the prospect will feel our motives are strictly selfish. How do we do this? It's simple. Look for ways to help prospects achieve their goals with no expectation for an immediate payback for yourself. Some of you might suggest these offers to help are just thinly disguised gimmicks to try and ingratiate yourself. You curmudgeons might say prospects will see through these attempts and perceive this to be yet another method of manipulation, ultimately turning off the prospect. Our best response to this is, you might be right. It all depends on your state of mind and heart when seeking to help. 
We're not saying that all selfish intentions can or should be completely erased from the equation, but we believe most people can sense when motives are reasonably pure and when they're tainted with false sincerity. We think there are times when salespeople should simply do something good to make a situation or a person better. Certain jaded prospects may view your actions with skepticism. That's okay. Others will conclude your efforts are genuine and you're actually being a decent human being. They may not buy from you immediately, but you've planted a relationship seed and you've made the world a little better. Use good judgment, though. Even when your motives are pure, the actions you take could be misinterpreted by others, getting you into trouble. For example, writing a fat check to a prospect's favorite charity might be perceived as you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours arrangement. When in doubt, ask the prospect and your management where lines of propriety should be drawn. A desire to help others achieve their goals without the promise of immediate personal payback will no doubt help build relationship commitment and trust. Ultimately, good sales karma will follow you down the road. There are no shortcuts to using the relationship-building strategies we've talked about during these last few episodes. They're not easy, and results don't happen overnight. Hey, you're the one who decided to get into government sales. However, the long sales cycles typical in most government selling situations actually work to our advantage here. And like some others, government salespeople do not have to build rapport, establish trust, and close a sale within a 60-minute window. You may have months, even years, to create deeper connections. You can scurry about frantically responding to RFPs that you have had no influence over, or you can work a real relationship development plan using the insights we've discussed benefiting from deeper personal connections and true consultative perspective. We choose relationships over RFPs to drive success in government business every time. Back in a sec. Welcome back. Shh, there are some secrets we'd like to share. As it turns out, some of what you might think about selling to government is simply not true. Understand the real story, and you can be quite successful at it. Government Selling Solutions can help. We help build government sales momentum, increased revenues, and shorten sales cycles. Yes, that can be done. We've done it all quite successfully, thank you. Let Government Selling Solutions help you. GovSelling.com. Government Selling Solutions. Getting government sold. In the corporate world, it's not unusual to send a customer a small token of appreciation for their business, particularly around certain holidays. But in the government world, you risk running afoul of strict government policies on gifts. So, how do you say thank you without breaking any procurement rules? Here are a few suggestions. Send a handwritten note. Handwritten notes are clearly an underutilized and meaningful way to express gratitude. In today's world, an actual signature is a rare and beautiful thing. Send nuggets of helpful information throughout the year. This is not tough, and it doesn't cost a thing. The form of a newsletter is okay, but even better is a personal email with links to specific and helpful information. It lets customers know you're thinking about them and their unique needs. 
Give customers exclusive access to important product or company information prior to its public release, if possible. I recently received an email giving me access to electronic specials before they were released to the general public. Good stuff. I felt appreciated and took advantage of the opportunity. While this specific example is not completely applicable to government procurement situations, the principle remains the same. Look for ways of sharing internal information with customers in a special or exclusive way. Remember, government buyers don't take their vendor relationships lightly. They're scrutinized in many ways for the vendor relationships they establish. Once they've established them, they don't mind efforts to maintain them. Don't be surprised if your efforts are not acknowledged immediately. This doesn't mean they're not noticing. Many times, we thought we were being unheard, only to get a call at the end of the fiscal year saying, hey, we've got some money left over to spend. Do you think you could freshen up that proposal and get it over to me in, say, 15 minutes? They were listening after all, and we spent the next 15 minutes refreshing a proposal. Follow up. Many times, we as salespeople are guilty of hit and runs. We make a sale and then run to the next prospect, leaving customers feeling abandoned and underappreciated. Even if you must hand off the account to a customer relations department, take the time to follow up or call to see how satisfied the customer is. This interest shows sincere appreciation and concern for maintaining a long-term relationship. And listen. Most importantly, keep your eyes and ears open. Pay attention to what's going on with your customers and prospects. Understand. And if you don't, ask questions. Okay, in the next episode, we'll review the first myth a bit and take you to some other exciting lands. Thanks. Today's episode has been brought to you by Government Selling Solutions. Government Selling Solutions. Getting government sold. Thank you.